Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is October 16th, and our reading comes from 1 Timothy. This letter is written by the Apostle Paul to Timothy, a young pastor, giving him instruction in ministry. Beginning in verse 3, he says this, When I left for Macedonia, I urged you to stay there in Ephesus and stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth. Don't let them waste their time in endless discussion of myths and spiritual pedigrees. These things only lead to meaningless speculation, which don't help people live a life of faith. Here's the point Paul is making. Sometimes if we're not careful, here's kind of how we would apply this today. We can get hung up on all of these theological issues that are on the fringe of our faith and miss the gospel, the simple good news about what Jesus has done for us and what that produces in our life and how we are to live in our world. And sometimes, sometimes it's easy to get hung up having debates and arguments about theology and to kind of get puffed up. The Bible says knowledge puffs up and we get kind of puffed up and proud of our theological arguments when the truth is we need to be focused on growing in our capacity to love God and love each other. And often our knowledge can actually become a barrier to our love because we've come, become so proud of our knowledge and we begin to think of ourselves as a crusader who needs to get everybody to agree with our fringe theology and we fail, we lose sight of our love for God and each other. So Paul's trying to help Timothy understand, listen, let's not waste our time arguing about this stuff that's not really central to the gospel message and the truth that transforms lives. Let's stay focused on loving God and loving each other. Watch this. Verse 5, the purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. So that's what Paul says right there. Paul says, instead of getting hung up on these fringe theological issues that we might not see eye to eye on, instead, let's stay concentrated on the gospel so that it's producing in us love for God and love for each other that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, a genuine faith. Now, verse 6, but some people have misused this whole point. They've turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussions. They want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they're talking about, even though they speak so confidently. Again, it's about them. It's about their knowledge. It's about the perception that they're more spiritual because they have more knowledge. And those two ideas do not always go hand in hand, right? Sometimes more knowledge doesn't actually produce a deeper life or more love for God and other people. Again, sometimes it can become a barrier. Not always. Often the truth can deepen our faith and increase 
our love. But we just, you know, we just have to be careful about that. I remember when I was in seminary and how uh, in seminary guys would get really hung up on things like uh, predestination, Calvinism, Arminianism, and, and go back and forth debating all that. And at the end of the day, in my mind, it's like, why are we arguing about something that doesn't matter? Let's let's instead ask the question, are we in love with Jesus? Are we in love with people? Are we walking with God? Is it transforming our lives? Let's have a discussion about that rather than talking about theology, which really doesn't touch our life. It doesn't force us to change. So we're just kind of talking about this abstract theology that has very little impact on our life. And Paul is saying, Timothy, don't make that mistake. Let's stay focused on teaching people to walk with God. Now, why is that so important? Well, I think Paul next, what he talks about, helps us to understand why this was such a passion for him. Beginning in verse 8, he says, We know that the law is good when used correctly. For the law is not intended for people who do what is right. It is for people who are lawless and rebellious, who are ungodly and sinful, who consider nothing sacred and defile what is holy, who kill their father or mother or commit other murders. The law is for people who are sexually immoral or who practice homosexuality or are slave traders, liars, promise breakers, or who do anything else that contradicts the whole, the wholesome teaching that comes from the glorious good news entrusted to me by our blessed God. So Paul says the purpose of the law is to confront sinful man and the condition of our heart, which does two things. It creates a restraint for sin, and it helps us to see our need for Jesus, which is huge. So that's the value of the law. And then Paul begins talking about his own life in verse 12. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who's given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. Boy, what a great and powerful testimony, right? Paul says, man, I was, all of these things that I've just mentioned, I was guilty. I was rebellious. I was persecuting the church. I was an international terrorist, but I was doing it in ignorance. And then Jesus met me and I discovered the resurrected Christ. I understood the gospel and it is transformed my life. See, when people really understand the gospel, that there's a God who loves them and gave his life for them and is inviting them into his family, into new life, into forgiveness and freedom and transformation. Man, it has the power to change hearts and to change lives. That was certainly true for Paul. Man, that's certainly been true for me. When I look back on my life, 
my goodness, it is such a mess. And God has done such a miracle of transformation, redemption, and healing, and, and forgiveness. And I'm so grateful for that. It's that gratitude and that love that has produced such a passion in my heart, not only to know God, but to help other people know and experience everything I have discovered in Christ. And that's exactly what Paul is describing here. And that's exactly what he's trying to help Timothy stay focused on. Don't get caught up in these theological debates. Let's stay focused on the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation. It transforms people's lives. Let me read one more little verse that's a little kind of touchy. In verse 20, it says, Emmaus and Alexander are two examples. I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so that they might learn not to blaspheme God. And I just want to say this. Paul says, I've got these two guys who are so rebellious, I had to put them out of the church. I had to kind of end my relationship with them. And on one hand, God has called us to love everybody the way Jesus loves us. We need to do that. But on the other hand, there are times when people who claim to be Christians are living in a way that makes them an enemy of the cross of Christ, and their lifestyle is actually hurting or negatively impacting the kingdom of God or the church or or relationships with other believers. And we not only have a right, but a responsibility to create some boundaries in order to guard our hearts and to protect other people and to help them see the foolishness of their rebellion, hoping that God will work in all of that really to redeem their hearts. In lives. And so I just want to highlight that because I think sometimes, sometimes as Christians, we we don't feel the freedom to create boundaries in order to protect our own hearts. And the thing to keep in mind about that is if you don't guard your heart, eventually you lose the capacity to love. All right, let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for Paul's instruction to Timothy. And I pray that it would really sink in with us. God, I pray that we wouldn't get worried or hung up on these theological arguments and issues that are kind of on the fringes of our faith, but we'd stay focused on the gospel, all that Jesus has done for us, how that impacts and transforms our lives and our mission and calling in this world. God, help us to stay focused there personally, and corporately. God, I pray that at Definition Church, we continue to preach the gospel and stay focused. God, we thank you for the law. On one hand, God, you've freed us from the law because now our law is the law of love. And the way we live is a spirit-filled life. However, today you've also just highlighted that the law still has value because it restrains sin, helps us to see our need for a Savior. It confronts our rebellion. And God, I'm so grateful that the law helped me to see my need for a Savior, which had such a profound impact on my life. God, I'm so grateful for what Paul has said here, that you are so merciful compassionate, gracious towards us. And God, you forgave me the worst of all sinners and have given me the opportunity to preach the gospel, to share my faith with other people. And that's true for everybody listening. God, you've been so good, so gracious to us, and we're so grateful for that. So God, help us today to grow in our capacity to love you and to love others well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me today. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.